0: Welcome to Noclip. I'm Chad Rutherman. I'm Andy Kinnick. And I'm JJ Artemis.
1: And today we're going to be talking about Undertale. Uh, this is a game that was developed and self-published by a guy named Toby Fox. So it was made in Game Maker, meaning that like there's not a whole lot of like fidelity that goes into it. It was just sort of...
0: Like a small aesthetic. like, kind of like a small aesthetic, <laughs> I guess. It is very heavily inspired by Earthbound. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, I, it's not trying to hide it. Yeah, <laughs> plenty of other things. Yeah, well,
1: that's the thing. Like when I started into this game, like all I knew basically was that it was an RPG, uh, and I was I was pretty pleasantly surprised that it, that it like hearkened so hearkened back so closely to, to Earthbound. Because Earthbound one of those games that I have like a soft spot for. It's a game that I played when I was a kid and really enjoyed it, and then played it again as an adult and enjoyed it even more. Uh, but it definitely like from the character design to the enemy design to the encounter design, the very world design. yeah very Earthbound. It's not as surreal as Earthbound because like it takes place in its own like self contained world, that it's really very like unapologetic for yeah. Like the game never like seeks to set up a reason for its world to be the way it is. It just is, and so you lose that like unsettling. Vibe that Earthbound gave off, but I think this game benefits from it. It was certainly unsettling in other respects. Yeah. it's got its moments. Yeah,
2: frankly, I'm just glad that me going out on a limb and playing the first hour of this game and being like, "Oh, this is totally something good enough for the pat for the cast for the past." Yeah, <laughs> I'm really happy that just that little hunch of mine managed to reel in this thing. Jesus.
1: Yeah, I mean, I knew that it was. Like, I'd heard that it was a good game, but the game affects you in a way, like, that, like, very, like, it does a good job of, like, actively, like, bringing the player into, like, the feeling it's trying to give off, like, that vibe, which a lot of games just don't pull off at all. What vibe? What do you mean? Like, the game, you, like, you reflect on your actions in the game more in this SNES graphical style, like, (laughs) turn-based RPG more so than in most, like, full 3D world, like, immersive action RPGs of the day. Mm. Because, like, the other games just don't have the same sense of, uh, like, repercussion that this game gives you. I see. It makes you, like, it feels like your actions actually have a reaction. Which is something I definitely want to get into, but I feel like we should back up. To wear, to saying that this game is uh, is a turn-based RPG in a an Earthbound SNES like style, but its combat itself like uses elements of shoot 'em ups and uh, dating simulators, <laughs> <laughs> like, which is what like makes the game unique. And I do want to dive into the mechanics, but I don't know if you guys have anything introductory that you want to say? Or just build off of that? Uh, what was the name of the Undertale. developer, publisher? Uh, Toby Fox. Oh, Toby Fox. Good job. <laughs> email incoming. We'll find his contact information. Send him off a good job email. We'll find you.
0: <laughs> uh, I thought the game was total garbage. Uh, but they're going to make me talk about it anyway.
1: Yeah, it happens. Mm. So now, now uh, you want to just launch pad into... Yeah, it's just launch launch right. pad into whatever you were... You're giving him a look. I'm about. pretty sure he's being sarcastic.
2: What? Oh, I'm not giving Oh, yeah, giving I was being sarcastic long. for
0: yeah. anybody who doesn't know me. No, no, I'm not giving...
2: <laughs> the only look I'm giving off is me still attempting to process what has happened in oh, yeah, the last, we... like, five hours of my life. We're <laughs>
1: within five minutes of uh, J.J. seeing the, like, final like, Japanese shmup <laughs> boss battle with Flowey, so... Shmup? Yeah, shoot 'em shoot up
3: Oh. Uh, yeah,
1: that's the, the genre. I have in.
0: neither played Earthbound nor shoot-'em-ups, so... Uh, I'm a big fan of translate. both, so... Yeah. I am a big fan of Earthbound. And Fair enough. I think shoot 'em ups are okay. It
1: draws way more heavily from Earthbound than shoot em ups obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh... But the thing, like literally the first line in my notes for this episode is just mechanics as tone." And I think that this game, on the way here, I was listening to our podcast on Kingdom Hearts, mm-hmm. and one of the things that I said. Uh, was that I thought that Kingdom Hearts had too many enemies. Yeah. Which drew sort of kind of a confused reaction. But, like, of uh, letting that, like, percolate for a while, I've uh, come to the conclusion that, like, that this game helped me reach. That if you look... That I have a common complaint with a lot of, like, big AAA games in that a lot of games put your... Whatever your primary mechanic is in as, like, almost as filling. Where you see, like, a a shooter come out that has, like, standard shooter mechanics just because that's, like, what you do in the game. Mm -hmm. It's like, what are you doing? You walk from point A to point B, and guys will come up as obstacles, and you shoot them. Because video games are very conflict-driven. Yeah. So, and when you look at games, like, there are a lot of, like, bad games. And when you look at bad games, what like, a common through line tends to be... The fact that the game didn't it didn't do what it did spectacularly well, and additionally it did not try something different and Undertale is a game that did try something different did it like reasonably well like I don't think you could maintain like a 20 a plus hour game on these mechanics mm-hmm. but it did it did what it wanted to well, and it was in a completely new like realm where they added like the, the mechanics of the like shoot 'em up dodge mechanics and stuff like that. I feel like I'm monologuing
0: at this yeah. point. I don't know. And <laughs> another thing that I really like about the mechanics is how they keep continue to escalate throughout the whole game. Right. Like each each like boss fight introduces a new spin on the mechanics and they keep getting more difficult as it goes on. Right. Which I really like. I'm
2: really really glad and actually surprised that I or no one else on the internet that I heard before this had actually thought of the like turn-based RPG plus shoot 'em up combination because that works so well when it allows you to like still establish like tension in these fights like this but not have to have the pacing constantly be hectic. Right. Uh, it's because if I'm comparing it to like one of the Final Fantasy games or something when I'm navigating through these menus like the point of tension, if there is one, assuming you don't already know what's going to happen after you press like the fight button, which is true in a whole lot of these games. The only point of tension is like, did I hit or not, or something. If, if you've a miss right? Chance. Yeah. What's the RNG? Right. But with this mechanic set, even with things that aren't the shoot 'em up mechanic, even with just dialogue stuff, mm-hmm. you have that same sort of like menu-driven combat where you have a whole lot of time to sort of sit down and process things before going into the next high point but you don't have that certainty either you don't you aren't literally just selecting what's going to happen from a menu and uh and aren't able to think about like everything that's going to happen in advance like you could with other like final fantasy style rpgs you select your actions and there's just like just constant uncertainty about what's going to go on like now and in the future it's I just love the, the the mechanical combination. It makes things feel tense in a way that's normally only possible with, like, real-time action games, while also providing a whole lot of the benefits that
1: turn-based combat systems do. Yeah, like, as I had mentioned in the, uh, the unreleased Poke Trash cast, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, like, one of the things that, like, you have to do when you're developing a... Uh, like a turn-based RPG, is you have to find a way to make that mechanic feel new again because originally it was like a limitation of the time, where it was like people couldn't make the combat more like fluid and still achieve like the level of fidelity that they strove for. Mm-hmm. But in this game, they change it in a way that makes it while still maintaining the menu-based combat of an RPG, keeps it entertaining and gives you, like, something to do and something that switches it up and sets it apart. And the, like, level of variety in this game in Encounters is, like, off the charts for something <laughs> with, like, <laughs> what, like, what, see, like what is such a low-budget game. Yep. There's so much, like, difference of kind.
0: Yeah, that was a big surprise for me, was, like, I knew literally nothing about this game going in. And expected the combat to be exactly like Earthbound. It's like a static background, and you mash A, yeah, right. until <laughs> the enemy dies. Hit it with a bet. Yeah, and it was such like a pleasant surprise to find that there was a, like it was completely different. Like it just it looked similar in the static background with an enemy on it, but the combat works completely differently. Yeah, two people produced all of this. I just keep.
1: It was slightly more than two people because there were some like guest designs for other things. Like the, in the credits, the flowy battle is referred to as the Flowey Photoshop battle. <laughs> and it was like, it was the art was credited to some guy who I guess threw it together in Adobe Photoshop. <laughs> <laughs> What's the most horrifying thing you can
2: make in Photoshop given yeah. X time period? Well, that's
1: like, because these are games that I haven't really played uh, because of their limited availability. But that is like a major theme in... Like, in old Japanese, like, PS1 era shoot 'em ups where, like, it'll just be some, like, crazy photorealistic monster lobbing body parts and bombs at you. And it's, like, just creepy and weird, but I, I, that's just, like, part of the aesthetic.
2: Oh, man, I never knew that. That yeah. was the first time I experienced anything remotely like that <laughs> in my life.
1: You probably found it more horrifying than funny, then? Yes! Yeah. That was supposed to be funny? Well, no, I mean. You I just... mean, Chad, obviously,
3: that's funny. Yeah, well, yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> a new commentary. Just theme. stop yeah, I mean, asking the monster. It's throwing fingers at you. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty funny. <laughs> but, um.
1: <laughs> but to bring it back to uh, what I was originally saying, and basically it was the tree of dialogue that I exactly wanted to happen, is that this game nails through those mechanics like managing the theme and tone of the game because it's very like when you can just talk with all of the monsters and like solve any combat encounter non-violently albeit I didn't find a way to do it with a number of the bosses Mm -hmm. I felt like some of them were a little bit uh, Over obscured. Yeah, like difficult to get. But I mean, that's the puzzle. Like, if you're trying to go through the game without killing anything, that's where the challenge comes in, is that you have to actually figure out how to make things, like, mercyable. Right. Spare-able, yeah. This
0: game desperately wants you to play it multiple times. Oh, yes.
1: Yeah. I, I'm kind of, like, I'm a little bit upset that uh, I don't really, like, I don't see myself booting this up, at least not for a very long time. Uh, Yeah, it'll be a while for me, too. Yeah, just Um, from, like, other obligations. But uh, it is a game that I would like to uh, go through again. Because this is, like, when I was a kid, when I played Metal Gear Solid games, I always played through them normally and then played through them again with a no-kill run. And it's like this game just has a no-kill run built into its story. (laughs) Yeah. I do kind of want to do that. Even, like, in that last encounter in the, the castle, the temple, the new home yeah uh yeah. with um sans he says like you're going to be judged on like the the number of, or the amount of violence that you were willing to perpetrate or something right. yeah and like i thought that that was going to translate into the final battle being something like um the sorrow from Metal Gear Solid Three, yeah, yeah, because like, which is hilarious in a no-kill run of that game because you just walk down a river and nothing happens. But <laughs> <laughs> so I doubt of this game would do it that similarly. But I I know of the existence of those diverging
2: trees, but I haven't looked into them mostly because I I don't want them spoiled because I like this game no. so much. I kind of wanted to talk about them. Well, yeah, if you know if you know like specific even like specific facts. of... yeah. Sure, you can go ahead. I'm okay with that. Well,
1: my original plan was uh, during the break. It's a little behind the scenes for you guys. Uh, during the break, I was going to look up uh, uh, specifics on them. And we, then we can, talk we about can it save it for
0: them so we can have most correct information. And then our
1: podcast can have multiple yeah.
0: endings. Yeah. I don't want to be uh, miscredited by saying something wrong on the internet. True. <laughs> God knows we haven't done that.
1: <laughs> um, uh, oh. But, uh, Fuck. Oh, but yeah, that's... But it does lead into, I think, I've already talked to Andy a little bit about this. One of the complaints that I had with this game is that I feel like there's a certain air of... uh, I'm going to use this term, ludonarrative dissonance in the idea of, like, your experience points and level being linked more of, like, a measure of how cruel you are. Because I feel like you kind of... Like you said on the uh, the Shadow of the Colossus cast, mm-hmm. if like you weren't supposed to notice that you were becoming worse off, it seems like a thing where the rug was pulled out from under you because I know that going through like at the beginning, the game doesn't give you any incentive to not use the fight menu no. like I th- it like it tells you it, basically I think the clues that I've discerned are that the person who originally tries to teach you to fight turns out to be, like, the most evil being in the galaxy. (laughs) 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 And that, like, the monsters themselves look cute and have... And that which doesn't even carry through. These are pretty horrifying looking monsters. (laughs) Uh, And also, like, their little blurbs tend to be... Generally non-threatening,
0: right? And but they're uh, also openly hostile to you. Yeah, like they
1: attack you no matter what you do.
0: I think it's important to note that it, I don't know if it's in all of the cases,
2: but in many of the cases, they're harming you accidentally or because of a misunderstanding. I remember that there was frog. It doesn't know what it's doing here, right? Uh, there's that little volcano being who that... thinks it <laughs> <laughs> who thinks its lava heals you.
1: It's... That's my favorite anime, by the way. I just like to put that in the book. <laughs>
2: Even through all of that, I think well, well, the point of the game is that the motivating force to try and be nonviolent. I I think it was an active choice to not try and incentivize nonviolence mechanically. I think it's equivalent to like a mechanical incentive was just trying to build like distinct personalities under the characters, and that was a recurring through line the whole game, even with things that were demonized, I guess probably with the exception of Flowey, but he's intentionally an exception to everything in the game. Right. Um, Is that no matter how bad or, like, how strong or evil something is, like, initially introduced to you, it always has some kind of, like, silly, even, like, possibly joyous monster side. And I think it's reflected the best in Undine, who is, like, a generic... Like night coming to kill you through the majority of the game, but even then, within the final conflict, like takes off the horror mask and is now just like a stupid fish-human hybrid thing, well, which I still
1: found a little bit scary.
2: It's sure she's like, had like a pirate. You know, the yeah, like a black lagoon.
0: Yeah, yeah. But but the
2: point is that even she was the, like, sort of, like, cartoony monster that, like, all the other beings in the fantasy games are, and it's supposed to link, and then she's still, like, this, like, distinct person with her own, like, wants and dreams and personalities. She introduces herself into that fight, doing her best to talk about how, like, she's the hero, and not in a way that's supposed to be, like, like, tongue-in-cheek, like, the game's trying to say something bad about her. Like, it's legitimately trying to play her up as, like, a good person. And it does that subtly with a lot of the dialogue choices when they personify you from one of the most generic enemies that you ever face the incentive is supposed to be these are just people there might be screwed up people they all have their like stupid little problems and they might even be people that you dislike but they're still dudes and they're and it's up to you whether or not you want to kill these dudes to further your personal goals because it is easier to do that right yeah uh reflected most strongly, uh, for when I saw your save file, uh, <laughs> where you had 68 health, mm-hmm. and I was the most envious human being. Yeah. <laughs> what
0: level were you by the end of the game?
2: One. Yeah. I killed one thing, got yeah. four experience points, and went through the whole game with 20 health. Huh. But that sucks,
0: and, uh, I always like to say that I called that. <laughs> the you would, do, yeah. with the pacifist route. But that's
1: this is where I feel like the game fails on a mechanical level. Definitely not tonally, because like no matter what you do, with the exception of what would have been your like ultimate final ending, mm-hmm. which would have been a huge letdown and made you cry, uh, <laughs> is the fact that if you even kill one thing and get four experience for for it you don't get... The true passive. Yeah, the good ending, in big quotes. True.
2: In that sense, I kind of did the worst thing. But it was a learning experience, and I'm I'm glad that I did go through it that way, Mm -hmm. because I was able... Like, I made the mistake, and I guess I wish the game would have acknowledged that and given me the chance to, like, admit to it that I realized very fast that it was a mistake. But I'm, I'm uncertain if it wants to do that, because at a certain level, the game especially during, like, the final sand scene where they they do this a little bit corny, like, experience means this, level means oh, yeah. this, level love Yeah. <laughs> whatever. Oh, oh, the violence. very beginning. Oh, yeah. no, yeah, the end of it, yeah. Yeah. It yeah. The... Like, and, like it, it makes it very explicit that it's asking, like, you to think about all of these things. I was actually surprised by that because once it started going through that, I assumed that, like you did, that there would be, like, a change in the final boss circumstance based on the number of things I like, killed, like, in Metal Gear Solid. Right. But instead of doing that, they were just like, we're not going to judge... You specifically just reflect back on what you what you did, and if right. you think that it was worth it. I and I don't know if that's I might be ascribing too much to the developers here, but given how much they did accomplish, I'm willing to do so and assume that it was an intentional choice that they just wanted you to be able to reflect on your own actions and have that be the force right. of its own.
1: But that's the thing, though, for me, like that just that's the part that I find to be. Like, difficult to kind of grapple with because I feel like the game is not trying to make a statement on like violence in video games or something like meta like that Mm -hmm. or like why do you like insist on killing things in games. The game is just sort of trying to tell a story in its own world, and I don't think that the way they went about like the end of the game being like, well, if you killed anything. Then you get like the neutral ending, and it treats you the same as somebody who killed ninety nine percent of things. True, yeah, that that's yeah, that's very valid.
2: If even if it didn't give the redemption opportunity that I sort of hoped existed, uh, naive as it may be, I mean, real world analogy: uh, if you know you kill someone, oftentimes you don't get the
1: same opportunity to redeem, but right. it still should have the gradient either way. Yeah, I mean, though, like you said, like going back to the developer, like we can't. Hold it against the game is like a major flaw in it because it's right. one guy. <laughs> like the amount of like extra work it would have taken to create a branching narrative that ac- that
0: accounted for yeah. the gradient. Now I think it's one of my biggest problems with the game is like it almost feels like a cheap way of getting you to play it multiple times. Mm. Like I feel like ninety, like five percent of people are going to kill Toriel at the beginning of the game. Because it just kind of set up for that to happen and if you do that, you don't get the good ending. and You're going to have to play it again.
2: That's what blew my mind uh, when we were talking earlier yeah. uh, at, at, at dinner and that you didn't know this was a thing. Because I assumed that the whole, that Flowey as an antagonist would be a bit more active than he was in the actual rest of the game. Because mm-hmm. I assumed that that setting, that, the thing that I thought was a crit, where you right. like, kill the end, I thought that was there, like built into the system that would happen every time, so that you would do what I did and be like, I'm, "That's bullshit!" And you reload the save, and you save scum, and then you go back, <laughs> and the game tells you that it knows that you did that. Yeah. And I assume that it, like there would be like further things where you'd have to like actually mess with your save files or do some of the more meta stuff that the game often hinted at, all the fourth wall breaking mm-hmm. to try and like beat this other antagonists yeah, yeah. force. I
0: thought your reaction to that was kind of fascinating. Because like, <laughs> For me, like the way uh, the the story opens is like you're just in a cave or whatever. Yeah. And you, Pretty she, typical RPG. Yeah, character. and then, like, this rabbit woman just kind of, like, comes in and is like, hey, and then, like, leads you, like, hand and foot through to her house. And I'm like, the whole time, I'm like, she's going to be evil. <laughs> like, I, like, she just swooped right in here, and she's, you know, like, right. trying to gain my trust to make me trust her, and, like, I feel like she's going to end up being evil. So, like, and then when I had to fight her, I'm like, oh, here we go. <laughs> but, I mean, you, you did, did you even She ended up not being that way, but I was, like, super suspicious of her. I found it really creepy, like, the whole beginning of, like, the tutorial with her. Well, it's supposed to make you uneasy, that's right, right. yeah. Because she's, so, she's very, so, like, very willing to just sort of adopt
2: you. Right. But this doesn't make mm-hmm. her an evil person. No, I'm
0: not saying that. I'm just saying, like, I was real suspicious, so I was, like, I didn't really think as much of it when I killed her. Yeah,
1: it wasn't until later in the game when I realized that critical hits weren't a thing, yeah, uh, that I actually realized that that was, like, a scripted sequence because uh, I was at, like, very low HP, and the crit at the end to kill Tario only did, like, like, 120 or 130, like, whatever was remaining in her bar. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, like, it didn't seem outlandish, like, that it could have just been, like, 150% of my normal damage. Oh, uh, and okay. I was just like, oh, that was lucky. <laughs> <laughs> and then
3: just
2: proceeded
1: through the game. Well,
2: I don't actually know if that's if it's scripted. You guys have to correct me, because you did combat
0: a lot it's, more. It is scripted. Okay. Yeah. When, it's scripted. like, once she, you get her down to, like a, thir- that's like, a third of her health or something, she kneels. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, I think it's like she, like, gives up or something. For and right, then yeah. whenever you hit her, it just... Does the rest of her damage?
2: Because I remember from the very beginning, there's like a, there's some kind of mechanic where you can get enemies very low on health and then spare them, right? Yeah, That's yeah. a thing. I yeah.
0: thought that's the only way you could do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Meet uh, meet Chew until the Teriel fight. They are not um, attacking her anymore. they ha- the name will turn yellow. That's yeah. That's, that's literally the whole way I played the game. Well, he means like it turns way.
1: yellow from attacks as well. Yeah, yeah, what yeah, yeah. Once
0: you get to low health, the name turns yellow. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, like, as uh, I was playing through the initial part, see, (laughs) I I played the game, like, pragmatically, I guess I would call it, where I would spare people if it seemed like like a thing that would benefit me and kill people when I felt it would benefit me more in the other direction. (laughs) And it's like that whole introductory bit with the puzzles in the cave seems like I feel like it shouldn't count, really, towards your kill count. Because, like, it kind of just teaches you the mechanics of the combat. Where it's like, if you kill somebody, you get experience and gold. If you spare them, you just get gold. And, like, I went through and I, like, spared a bunch of people. I killed a bunch of other people. Uh, b- before I had left the tutorial zone. And he said that I had used the act button more than he had in the whole game.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I, like, I spared, like, a couple of enemies... Felt like it seemed kind of useless, and I didn't want to experiment with it anymore. Right. And then just killed everything. Else. Dude,
2: question: Do you still get gold if you kill things, or you do you just
0: get experience? You, you get, get gold. Okay. Yeah. I wonder what. Wonder it's, if just it's just like strictly better. Yeah, like, I don't get... know. I don't know what it was. It's just like for some reason, like I didn't feel the incentive to like mess with the mechanics as much. Right.
1: Some of the enemies were too cute for me to. Yeah, kill. Like, I think it might have. Been I never weird. killed Jerry, for instance. Who was Jerry? Jerry is just ice like guy. A, yeah, he'll just show up and it'll be like oh. Jerry says he has to go to the bathroom, and okay. then your acting yeah. options are ditched.
0: <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have killed that character, but right. like, I think it was the enemies in like the tutorial area that they all seemed really derpy, mm. and I'm like, I don't know, like it. But that's all just...
2: horrifying, right? That's a horrifying reason to kill a living thing.
0: No, I mean like it's not why I killed them. It's just like I don't. There was something about like. Interacting with the characters didn't seem very rewarding. Right. Well, I mean, in that like circumstance, so it's like whatever.
1: I also disagree that it's a horrifying reason to kill a living thing because, like, well, I mean, not it could that have been by a horrible itself. mutated. Yeah, it's lying. like because, like, the first thing, like, Frogit doesn't know what's happening or why it's there, but then, which is what happens when you check it, which uses a turn yeah. and then puts you in a situation where it then damages you. And, you, like, if I saw a frog, and I didn't think the frog was aware of what it was doing, but the frog injured me, I would probably kill it or run away from it. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like,
0: talk the frog down. Yeah, like, I kind of played the game a similar way to Chad. Yeah, well,
1: <laughs> there was, I hit a breaking point.
0: In my game. Well, until you hit the breaking point. Yeah,
1: I hit a wall, and apparently I went too cold for Andy, even. (laughs) (laughs) Because around halfway through the game, you have the boss fight with Undyne. Yeah. And going against Undyne, the very first, like, line of dialogue is like, you've just been walking through here killing people haphazardly. Yeah, He's like, you killed Lesser Dog. I'm like, I'm so- I spared Major Dog. Oh man, you, you, you killed Lesser Dog and I checked that? Oh, I, man. Yeah, I killed Lesser Dog and I spared Greater Dog. You damn well better spare Greater Dog. Yeah, well Greater the Doug Doug was Dog was the obvious like, better one. <laughs> I killed them though. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck uh, you, Greater Dog is my spirit animal. I mean, I
0: didn't
2: say he wasn't cool.
1: <laughs> but at that point, I was just like, this game doesn't care about the good things I do. It only cares about the bad things I do. And then from that point on, I was on a war path. I spared no one else. I killed every single enemy. I killed every boss. I didn't even attempt to like spare major characters. The other things I spared were things where I felt like it was easier to spare them than to kill. Them. OK. Do you think any of the good things you could even hypothetically
2: do within like the narrative of Undertale would outweigh murder?
1: Well, I'm speaking from the perspective of like the way that I felt about the game from like ha- like right, my character because like you you think like if they already basically which I was actually going to ask about this yeah do you remember the turtle character in the waterfall yeah. When he described the like the prophecy, mm-hmm. did he put in that line about uh, some people saying that the circle represents an angel of death? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I wasn't sure because <laughs> that was post-warpath. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I wasn't yeah. sure if that. Like, was a unique thing. Post-warpath. <laughs> because... <laughs> but I was like, I clearly didn't understand what I was doing before, as a like a, like a ten-year-old kid mm-hmm. wearing a striped shirt. Walking around. I was like, I didn't know what I was doing before. All I care about now, because obviously my crimes are irreparable, is getting out and making it out with my life. And so I just, like, I'm going to do everything in my power to be as strong and powerful as I can be to just blaze through... The like gauntlet of horrible monsters and make it back to the human world. God,
2: you're like literally a prison inmate.
0: I well, I was like, I didn't, I didn't see redemption in my future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, the game only cares about the bad things you do unless you do all the good, good things, things. <laughs> and you're rewarded at the end.
2: Right? Agree. <laughs> Should have been the gradient. For, for that matter, I think another possible line of gradation that's really important is since now I know that the whole lowering. And attacking enemies till they're very weak and then sparing them uh, is like it's the same result as just outright sparing them and never attacking them. Mm-hmm. That's a really important distinction, right? Yeah. Because yeah. you're like the kind of person who would beat people. To the point where they can no <laughs> longer exist, and be like, I'm gonna leave you alive since you're not a threat to me. And the seems kind of worse. Guy who just yeah. folds his arms and is like, I will never hurt you. Or like nice. really, really distinct human beings. And I think the pacifist ending was put in specifically to try and. I mean, to apply that line of gradation somewhat, but it, we still agree that there's not enough there.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, by the way, when you're talking about undying. Uh, the reason it took me so long comparatively to beat this game uh is because when undine, uh when undine or undine, undine, I I have say no undine. idea. it just
1: the Y makes it seem like an I sound sure to me. i don't know why. undine uh
2: when she said that, that like you could like never spare her I didn't believe her and just kept going <laughs> uh I spent like I had single runs of trying to beat her like last night that were, like, 40 minutes
1: or something. What, what do you mean when you could
2: never... Because uh, I don't know. Cause oh, I just beat her, oh beat that makes sense. Death. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I killed her, too. So. Uh, yeah. You can still... Even though she says that, you still have the option to just keep sparing her all the time like you can all the other enemies. Um, but she just gets harder, and she just keeps getting harder. Oh, right, yeah. Uh, so I just met that force. Because she has that line in the beginning talking like about like, face your problems head on. Yes. So that made me not realize the flee solution. Which is, oh, that's probably another thing you don't know. Yeah, no. uh, The actual way that you, non-lethal horror, which I eventually found out when I gave up because I, I realized that the things on screen were moving faster than I could. Right. And were thus undodgeable. Uh, what you have to do is you have to flee from her whenever uh, your heart gets out of the green mode, whenever you're like, back to moving around, right. and then you run away, and she catches you a couple of times, and you have to run to a specific point where eventually the heat makes her armor get so much because she's a fish that she like falls unconscious, and then you give her water, she says nothing, and leaves, and is never seen again, at least yeah. by me. Um, uh, yeah, but the first time I did that, it took me a long time to realize that fleeing was a thing, because I'd never fleed at any other point in the game then, so I just tried over and over again to just beat her head-on and just beat her. (laughs) So I spent, like, hours just, like, grinding against
1: her like a to,
0: Yeah, I thought she was the hardest boss in the game.
1: Because that was the point of the game where I, like, had my, like, mental breakdown, that boss was, um... That's my... I think my second favorite encounter in the entire game. Mm -hmm. And... One is because it was a rhythm game, (laughs) uh, like, a la, like, One Finger Death Punch, where I was just like, because I always checked opponents up until that point before doing anything to them to get, like, the additional information, and, like, I went in it checked her, it had some dialogue box thing, and then I tried to do the action that matched... Like, how you do when you're doing a non-lethal playthrough. Yeah. And I tried to pick the action that most, like, reflected what information it gave me. And it was just, like, the spears became faster. I it was, like, weird. And so I did it again, and it was, like, the spears became even faster. And I was, like, oh, no. And so I started fighting her and just fucking wrecked it. And I was, like, that was the only time playing this game when I was just, like, yeah <laughs> like sit back like i'm the king of this wow. very lightly skill-based yeah. game. <laughs> that's the
0: one i had to do the most times I, that was the hardest boss in the whole game oh my god like um because i thought like the whole build-up to her was really good like right. she didn't talk she just chased you
3: yeah
0: and um then when you, you get to her and then like so i, I finished the fight on like Three health. (laughs) And then, you know, she keeps trying to fight you. And I'm like, oh, I have to just kill her before she kills me. I don't want to do this all over. (laughs) Like, it gets slower and slower. Yeah, and then, like, she keeps, like, not what, dying. And I'm like, oh, I, I'm going to have to kill this character. You're right.
1: She killed me once, but it was when she was throwing spears at me on a bridge. Oh, yeah. Like, I just, like, oh, got, really? like got wrecked by that. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, came into it at low health and, like, got killed halfway through. Yeah. When you die and respond, it sets you back at full health, though, which is super nice. Yeah. Um, Even the spear sequences leading up
2: mm. were, like, diverse and enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, like, the, the sequence yeah, when you're in, like, the maze-like area... Mm -hmm. Uh, where they're coming out in, like, seemingly random ground patterns. Right. That was great, With the run music was great.
1: Yeah, I mean, the... Oh, yeah, the... (laughs) I don't know how much we want to talk about the music, but the music in this game was very well done. Like, in terms of, like, chiptune-like games, which are, like, there's a plethora of them at this point. Yeah. This one has, like... This one hits that, like, Koji Kondo, like catchy, yeah, like... I think it's a little bit of an over... Okay, that's uh, more of a compliment than it may deserve, right. but it, it does, like, it's it the short, catchy. repetitive yeah. kind of sticks with you right. and never gets annoying.
0: I, I found myself enjoying the music as I was playing, but I can't say any of the music stuck with me. Mm. I, one stuck with me, which, uh, actually, while driving here, I pulled
2: my phone get to listen to, and it... It brought a specific point in mind as far as the music connects with the story. I was looking up the song because I'd forgotten it uh, that plays during the chariot fight because I remember it being particularly effective. Right, uh, and the song that song specifically, and after I looked, a lot of the other like actual combat based songs have very nice like built to it. And it makes you feel like even, like, the music in those combat sequences attempt to pull the rug up from under you in the same way that, like, the entirety of the game was, so forth, wall breaks, Or <laughs> yeah. it, like, starts with like, these kind of generic chip-tuned things that you would expect, g- given the presentation of the game, and then shifts to something a whole lot more, like, emotional and affecting in the same way that yeah. like the game does. And I can appreciate that about it.
1: Probably expected my favorite tracks in the game were the silliest tracks, which are... Yeah. I really like Flowey's theme, and I really like, um... The skeleton theme.
2: Not annoying dog? You're not a fan of the annoying dog? Oh, no. <laughs>
1: Dude, this might be a bit of a tangent, mm-hmm. um, but I am, I will fully admit that there are two things in this game that I googled. Um, while, one, while you were playing it? While I was playing it. Uh, one you w- it. was if I could get back the snowman piece because I accidentally ate it while I was trying to check <laughs> the information on it. <laughs> I was like, oh, info, but then, like, I hit diagonal instead of right on the control (laughs) stick, and it just stayed unused, and it was like, you ate the snowman piece. I was like, fuck you. (laughs) I ended up eating it, too, but
0: it was because I had no other healing items. Yeah, (laughs)
1: as you saw, I didn't have it at the end of the game. I went back and got it, and then came all the way back to Hotland, and uh, ended up having to use it in a panic moment on the Metaton fight. Um... I think that's where I used it, too. I yeah. kept
2: it the whole time, and I have no idea what to do with it, uh, so... At the very
1: end, when I, uh, when Sans leaves you a message, he says, You made a snowman very happy. Oh. It's the only difference. <laughs> Cute. Uh, but the second thing was, and I think that everyone here can appreciate this, is that I legitimately, within the rules of the game, solved the music box puzzle.
3: Whoa. <laughs>
1: but could not... <laughs> Put the tones together to play the song because I am completely tone deaf. You are pretty tone. deaf. I tried for like eight minutes and I was like, I want to know it's behind the wall. I know the answer. I physically can't do it, so I just looked up what the combination was. Exactly the same thing. That's yeah. what I did. Put it in. <laughs> Please tell me the same thing happened to you because I walked behind the wall. It says there's an ancient artifact spelled with an e because they fucking wanted to be it was like. <laughs> fucking like baroque as possible about it and then went to pick it up and it says you can't pick it up because you're carrying too many dogs <laughs> and I was like what? so I went into my inventory and sure enough there's a small dog as an item and so I was like uh use and it says you deployed the dog the dog <laughs> comes out grabs the artifact and then leaves and then, it's never seen again. So, like, yeah. I looked up the answer to the puzzle, solved it, and then nothing happened. <laughs> you, did you pick up what the dog left? Yeah, the one that multiplies in your inventory
2: <laughs> indefinitely. <laughs> the dog dishes. was it, like, skin? Is it do- annoying dog skin or no, no, like it's remains? Like, it's
1: annoying dog something, and then that's a healing item, and then if you use it, you get dog dishes. Which are not dishes that you put dog food in, but dishes that a dog neglected to clean. <laughs> which then, over time, multiply in your inventory and fill it up. So you have to put it in a box. It was, it was very good. Yeah. yeah.
2: But, yeah, it's... Same thing happened to me. Okay, yeah. Okay. Trying right. to get it too much dog. I just tried to drop it. Dropping it, instead of using it, also just deploys the dog. <laughs> you deploy the, the dog, dog. just goes out, grabs it, runs away. But I was, I was pleasantly surprised although I I didn't know if this was like a one time thing or if there's a way to manipulate this but sometimes when you use like the dog remains whatever those things are called right. like to copy you'll get dog salad instead yeah, of dog copy. salad. yeah uh, and I kept trying to like oh man this means like get infinite health items and I tried for like two minutes and I was like I'm never doing this again <laughs> <laughs> this is nothing
1: but <laughs> horrible dog skins it just keeps multiplying itself yeah it was pretty rough oh. um, rough. rough dog yeah um, rough rough yeah, this game is full of like interesting little moments like that. Do you guys go on the date with Papyrus? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It was much of a date. Wait, but
2: you didn't get the phone number. I, I took your inventory when uh, on your thing. You didn't have Papyrus' phone number.
1: How do you get his phone number? I went on the date. He, he, oh, he, he called me and he was like, "How did I get this number? I tried all numbers sequentially <laughs> until I got this." Yeah, number. I
0: also that happened to me too.
3: Yeah.
2: What happened on your date? Because at the end of the date, he was like, "Oh, we should exchange phone numbers." And, On my date, yeah, we
1: just went to his house. And then? I interacted with everything that you could interact with, and then I left. Yeah, I did the same thing. Wait, I, t- I, I even went back and talked to him. He didn't do that. Wait,
2: you didn't have the, little, the date fight?
1: No. no.
2: Oh, it goes into a fight sequence for the date, and it's like the most ridiculous... Thing imaginable. He dresses not, up as a football player. It's
1: not more ridiculous than his boss fight. I can tell you. Right now. Yes, it is. No has, it has
2: its own like excu- exclusive music. Uh, it's like it's it's some ridiculous tone thing. I just I was. That whole secret was, was proof of the amount of love that was put into this whole project. Because I just went back, just assuming it would be, like, a couple lines of text of, like, dismissive dialogue. And I just, like, the rabbit hole just kept going on these days, <laughs> deeper and deeper, just more shit. I thought that there was, like, going to be, you know, some kind of, like, horrible love thing. Because it kept, like, interacting with you in a way that, like... Oh, this is a date. Let's go to your room to do what people do on dates. Yeah, <laughs> and, to do, to do yeah so things dates. got yeah. subtly rapey real fast. And yeah. It was... I wouldn't go that far. Neither would I. I was, I was just saying because I joked about it because I was texting Rachel at the time just to be like, to show off like how ridiculous this video game was. Like, I am taking screenshots. You had to like at one point search his body to try and find a gift. Which was, of course, spaghetti under his football helmet hat yeah, or sure. whatever,
0: whatever he was wearing. But... I wonder what we didn't do. Yeah, uh, I'm not no sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, his boss fight... His boss fight, like, was the fucking cap on why Papyrus is, like, the most well-developed 12-year-old in gaming. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: because, like... Give him an award. <laughs> <laughs> There's, like,
1: so many, like, goofy things that he does leading up to that. And then at the very end, like you have that boss fight with him, and he's like, here's my special attack. And, like, it like, rolls by, and it's like, a picture of his face, and it says, <laughs> cool guy. <laughs> I'm like, this is what I would do yeah. if I was designing my attack pattern, and I'm 12 years old. So, right. <laughs> this only makes sense.
0: Uh, no, I really liked Papyrus
1: as a character. Oh, like, yeah. you thought he we just super good?
0: Yeah. I, th- I kind of felt a little similarly to... Him as I did to the one dinosaur character later. Oh, the right. kid?
1: Oh, oh, um,
0: no, not the kid. The, the scientist. scientist. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is yeah. that? I felt like they interrupted gameplay way too much.
2: I'll agree with in at least the office case, but I don't yeah. have bad memories with Papyrus. If mean,
0: Papyrus was funnier and not as bad, but I still felt like every time you walked into a new screen, yeah, you had to talk to him. It's like a ton of dialogue. Right. Her. Her. Whatever.
1: Yeah. Um, okay. I actively disliked that character. Like I thought it was like a scientist. Game. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought that like she just like actually detracted from the game in a in a certain way.
0: Yeah, it's very like a like a knobby kind of thing. Yep. But even so worse. yeah. It. Like
1: all of her jokes are sort of like, and I'm sure that like, I'm sure that this is the kind of thing that there are going to be people who love it. like super disagreeing with us on this. Yeah. That's I don't know how you feel, but like I felt that even her jokes and stuff was very like one trick pony. Like
0: they were it was she said she had a crush on
1: you. yeah well and also like the, was the like, animator. lonely anime nerd yeah. thing yeah. which is like yeah, whatever she got
2: better when I don't know if this is also something that you encounter but when you like break through her skin and she begins like talking about her own loneliness that was be- yep that happened for me yeah, yeah uh, it for me uh, yeah. yeah she's like even how it's like you know before she met you she was in like a really dark place in her life oh no yeah this did happen okay I
1: just dismissed it because I hope that she dies. <laughs>
0: You had already been that down. That didn't happen. I really yeah, but I was on the warpath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: You were on the warpath.
2: Yeah, right. I just found didn't her
0: really annoying, and I also just didn't care what she said. She yeah, was annoying. She was worse that. to develop than the other characters.
2: I, I'm i still okay with her existence. Did you eat the noodles? What? The
1: noodles from her fridge? Yes. It's Why? hilarious. What? I don't, what what you, happened? When you use the noodles in combat... Which I did in a dire moment in the Metaton fight—the oh, only boss yeah. fight that I died on. It's like that it's was three really be in fun. four minutes. Oh yeah, the minutes will in three that. minutes. Oh my god! And then like they heal you up six HP. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which to you must have been like a godsend. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> to me, it was like uh,
2: no. it was like nearly yeah. half of your
0: health, <laughs> but for me, it was less than a tenth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one of my, like, a standout moment for me, too. Yeah. But that was funny. Oh,
1: so good. Every, everything is good. <laughs> everything is good and nothing is bad. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that, but, um... Well, that's not that right, a yeah. huge exaggeration. Like, I just another thing,
0: game. if we're talking about things that we didn't like... Yeah? Uh, that I'll bring up. So initially when I started the game, I felt like really, like, underwhelmed by it because it just kind of felt like a diet Earthbound. <laughs> sure. It's like, yeah, before it, like, hit its stride and, like, showed all the things that it did different, like, I was like, ah, I'm, <laughs> like, I'm going to be disappointed by this. <laughs> so I was worried at first. I did, one of the, like... Because like, I feel like all the similarities to Earthbound hurt this game rather than benefit it. Right. It in was, my opinion. It was
1: definitely like a like a love letter to Earthbound like, yeah. from the outset. Right,
0: yeah. I had I had no point of comparison,
1: so... Yeah, like, even... Like, the thing that... that like, looking at this game, it looks like Earthbound. It
0: looks yeah. not exactly the same, but, like, very, very, very similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it
1: does look similar, and, like, one of the things that, uh... Like, I really, like, made the connection between the two games is when, like, the first time you get a new weapon, which, for, I think, everyone would be the tough glove, mm-hmm. uh it, like, spits out what your old weapon was into your inventory, which I just, like, didn't know what it was. Uh-huh. So it's like, <laughs> the first thing you have is stick. Yeah. And then, like, your first armor is bandage. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, oh, man. Like, that's... Which like, you can
2: eat, weirdly. You eat the bandage? Bandage is a health item. You can use it to heal you. Well, um, oh. I put it in a box.
0: And, uh, one of the things that can heal you in the final boss fight is a bandage. <laughs> I really? don't know it Yeah, ends. like... You know. Um, oh, you mean oh, the, the, the final thing. Yeah, oh, right. Exactly. right yeah, it and, and it's a band aid. That makes sense. But um, I was gonna say something else. Oh yeah, there's a more direct reference to Earthbound in that um, if you check the date in Earthbound, the year 1990 know, um, X, and this is 2020 oh, X or whatever 10, 20, 201X. Yeah. Oh, that's what that yeah. was. Yeah. Okay. There's, I know. You could make
1: an argument that it's a Mega Man reference as well because those games take place in 20XX. Mm. But I think that it's it's more clearly an Earthbound reference.
2: Dude, the most direct reference that I found in the game was actually to Final Fantasy VI. Have you you played that? No. I played
0: the beginning of it.
2: The entire uh, Metatron-like drama on stage sequence, that is like... Literally just a parody of a scene in Final Fantasy VI. Like I, I, I I bet I could pull up music for you right now, and you wouldn't be able to tell the difference whether that music was in Earth, was in this game, which is not Earthbound, but it's instead Undertale, uh, or Final Fantasy VI. The music sounds like almost exactly the same. The scene, like the actual layout of the, the weird little tower thing. You're, like, in a play sequence right. at that point in six. It's just them making fun. Presumably, uh, Final Fantasy's somewhat artificial attempts to, like, intersect, like, character drama and, like, unique individual feelings into their games with moments like that. Right. Whereas this game does it by just, like, developing unique human beings <laughs> instead of trying to create, like, sort of grandiose Romeo and Juliet love stories like existed in Final Fantasy Six. Right. So presumably that's them just trying to take a jab at that. But, I mean, it was literally just pulled... Like, it's, like, almost one-to-one.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like, we, we make a lot of comparisons, me and Andy make a lot of comparisons to Earthbound because, like, that is our, like, strongest point of reference, mm-hmm. but, like, the game... Is... Which it
0: will be for anybody who's played it. Yeah.
1: And, uh, but I feel like the game does, like, largely want to just sort of parallel itself with many RPGs. Yeah, like,
0: why well, I just don't understand the, that choice for the art style. Right. Because I don't, I, maybe it's just, like, for, for a selling point... I suppose. which I would not fault them for, because um, you, you want to get your game out there and everything. But, like, I don't think... I feel like the game would have benefited from a more unique art style that was new.
2: Did, like did it was the, its own. Did Earthbound also have, like, the same sort of aesthetic, with the cartoony aesthetic monsters? Was that also oh, a yeah. thing? Oh, yeah. Okay. I
0: Earthbound's, like, draw is, like, the goofy monsters and the things they say to you in combat. Ah. Yeah. That's, uh... Like you've seen Starman, no oh, <laughs> yeah, seen Starman, yeah, from, he's a uh, Smash Brothers. Like it's his trophy. Yeah, like, it's the white thing that has its like hands on its sides. Oh, that She's that guy. Yeah, that's from that's Earthbound. Not, it's goofy. It's, it's, it's really goofy, goofy, right?
2: I guess I have to see it in pixelated form, being yeah. like the Judgment. Yeah. I'm just thinking about the smooth, how like the smoothness of the design of the
1: character in Smash Brothers. That's true, but but yeah, yeah Mr. Saturn's from Super er, from,
0: It's from Super Smash. Super Saturn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah Mr. Saturn's
1: from Earthbound. He's a little two-legged guy with a huge nose and a bow in his hair. Yeah. It. Uh, yeah, it, it definitely draws a lot, but it's, it's a large, like, SNES-era RPG throwback. Right,
0: yeah. it obviously references other stuff.
1: Yep. I mean, we can probably spend, like... It's
0: not as shameful and it's, uh, referencing as, like, Waka Melee or anything. Right. <laughs> <laughs> shameless, actually. Oh, that's what yeah. I Yeah, shameless. <laughs> My bad. Mm. But, um... It should be more
3: shameful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, I am feeling like we could just sit around for a little while and just discuss what jokes landed. Yeah. Uh, like, oh, oh, I did want to say one thing is that I just love, um, you were talking about the theater scene yeah. with medicine, and uh, I love that like during most dialogue scenes, they lock you like they lock you out of control of your character. But <laughs> in that scene, they let you like try to run away from it, but they're just lasers on both sides. Yes. <laughs> so you just can't escape as it happens. Uh that was amusing. Yep. But anyway, back to not violating the exact point I was just about to make. Is that rather than just talking about what jokes landed, maybe we should take a break and come back and talk about uh like, get into some more, like, character development and plot yeah. and stuff well, One out.
0: thing that I wanted to ask you guys but seems useless now was, like, which bosses you killed and which ones you didn't, because, like, uh-huh. you killed them all. And Except for papyrus. Them, you didn't kill any of them, well, so. yeah, I killed Terriel and then went and then yeah. saved some to correct it and then was mocked for doing right, so. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that would be an interesting point of conversation and it is not. <laughs> it's
1: <laughs> worth noting. I did try to spare Undyne like way too late cuz uh when she started fading away i was just like oh, mercy like don't like don't stress yourself like just <laughs> just like lay down and take it like i'm not going to do she, anything
0: like while fading she still tries to attack you
1: she, yeah it just goes really
0: really slowly like it's really yeah, easy to Yeah she attacks avoid. you up until she is c- completely gone wow yeah that's so, good for her character. <laughs> yeah. So, like, she'll start
1: fading out and I was just like, whoa, like, spare. She like,
0: was the only, yeah, she was the only character I felt like I had to kill. Oh. And this is we're just We're gonna postpone the break slightly. Because <laughs> there's one more, like... Because, like, mm-hmm. the characters that I killed were Toriel, because, you know, I thought that was a scripted thing. Right. Um, No, I spared Papyrus. I killed Undyne. I killed the robot. Metatron, Metatron or whatever. Megatron. Uh, Megatron. Roll uh, out. He showed up. Yeah. In my playthrough. Wow. I don't know if you <laughs> unlocked no, that <laughs> fight, but I did. Uh, and then I spared Asgore and I killed Flowey.
1: Yeah. yeah. So there you go. I killed all those people except for Papyrus. Mm-hmm. Uh, whose name, mm-hmm. by the way. Did you get the name jokes? No. Yeah, like,
0: they were both fonts. And, like, yeah. they're. Sans' text, Sans dialogue is written in that font. Papyrus is written in that font. Oh yeah, Sans' God.
1: is Comic Sans with Papyrus is Papyrus, and like, uh,
0: like I, of course, we would vote. No, yeah, like I, I mentioned it, and it
1: was like, "I bet JJ won't catch it." But <laughs> proof positive. But uh, I mentioned earlier that uh, Undyne was my second favorite encounter in the game. Yeah,
0: Undyne's like whole setup was great.
1: But my my number one favorite encounter, I think, can be avoided, and I'm really glad I didn't. Which was the uh, the dummy. The haunted combat oh, dummy? Okay. Oh, that yeah, yeah, I had too. If you break the, the dummy at the beginning, it comes back and attacks you, or its brother does. Yeah. And that whole bit was just like. I like that. That movie. was so yeah. fun. That was like the most fun I had. I also really like this, the game. ghost. Oh, the like the depressed ghost. Yeah, guys. he wouldn't. T- like, Did yeah. you
2: guys uh, put on the
1: headphones? And, like, chill out? Uh, I left it on that screen for roughly 45 minutes. (laughs) Because, like, when I realized that I could just sit there and nothing would happen, I just, like, left it, and then went and, like, made dinner, and ate it, while just, like, breathing stuff on my phone while that was just going on. (laughs) 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 Which, uh, God, the Spookwave song... (laughs) First of all, hilarious that all of this song sounds the oh, same. Oh yeah! But I, when you put on the Spookwave song and talk to him, he's like, oh, "I love this song. It feels like my whole body is being spooked." <laughs> <laughs> like that got an audible laugh at it. yeah
0: Oh Christ! Uh, break time now.
1: Yeah, break time now. Uh, Wait, give me on, some.
2: Ca- am I the one who's opening? Yeah. yeah.
1: Shit. Uh, so, JJ, are we back? I,
2: I guess. I guess we're back. How do you guys feel about Flowery as an antagonist
3: to this game?
1: I didn't realize we're back in the castle. <laughs> back to the castle.
2: Flowery
3: as an
1: antagonist? Samurai so <laughs> <in my> cast.
0: <laughs> uh, I think it's really effective. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, No, I'm a fan. As I stated in the last episode, being the Kingdom Hearts episode, I like the, like, mysterious background mystery antagonist. Well, he's more obviously the antagonist, but... he's like... He's, like, in the background most of the time. I disagree with
1: that unless I'm blind, in that I thought that he... Did he
2: ever show up in the middle of the game? You can backtrack and see him in corners and then quickly disappear.
1: Oh, I never saw that happen. I saw it once. So as far as I, I knew, as like well. he was, it was a completely out of the like like bolt from the blue. Oh no, I didn't know it's, at all. From
0: that opening sequence, I knew he was going to be the final boss. <laughs> of course, I didn't at all. Yeah, yeah,
1: I just assumed that it was like that. Actually, that sequence probably uh, most informed my decision to start killing things. Is because it was something that started off as being so. Cute his deception and then worked on you. Basically, he <laughs> started off as being cute and then turned out to be evil. And so I was like, "Well, all of these other things are cute and hurt me. Mm. So why not
0: also kill them?" This it's might just be, Chad. yeah. This might just be like my version of like just knowing that he was the villain. Like JJ just knew that uh, what's his name um, in transistor. Like, the transistor oh, it's with it, her boyfriend. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, how the, how I the did, was that, that. somehow just, like, went right over my head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he
2: was... He, the flower was too well-developed in the opening to, like, not
1: come back. It's
2: like he was killed or
1: anything. He like, any sort of tutorial mm, guy. No. No, I not, disagree with that. Yeah, are you kidding? No? Any
2: tutorial guy? What it, kind of tutorial guy? There was guys? definitely,
0: like, more there. yeah. Like, the horrifying like,
2: faces, the... Like, he had, like, so many distinct animations. He was, yeah, and it
0: was incredibly memorable, too. Yeah. Like, there's no way that wasn't coming back. Those smiles, you kidding? I I mean, he did
3: didn't... come
2: back for me right after the oh, material um, scene, so yeah. I was like, okay, this confirms that he's a recurring thing.
1: <laughs> that No, that never... None of this at all occurred to me, even a little bit. Like, after I had finished looking at him for the first time, he completely left my mind, like... When interpreting the remainder of the game, oh like my God, I wow. just didn't even think about it. Ooh. except for as that cool thing that like taught me how the combat mechanics work, how evil the cute
0: people that you murder are, yeah, is that it? Yeah, uh, I
1: felt fairly justified
0: <laughs> until about the midway point when I went on the warp, <laughs> well, as Flowery would say, "You idiot,
1: yeah we were we were eating earlier, and I was just like. Like, Flowey was my Emperor Palpatine. He was. <laughs> I just, like, straight went to the dark side, and then had to kill him at the end. Yeah, the whole Sith relationship
2: but Yeah,
0: there. I think what J.J. was about to say was, like, he, he stands out in contrast so much to all the other characters. He tries to convince you that, like, it's like a killer be killed world, but, like, None of it's the
2: other guys, like, just hate you. None of the other guys, like, come up to you and be like, you dumbass, I'm going to steal your soul.
3: There's some <laughs> of <that> kind of <laughs> He rude. does
2: talk about stealing your soul.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: But to be fair, other characters do that too, but they do it for other motivations. Yeah. Like the spider woman who's like, I'm going to steal your soul, and right. then sell it to this person who wants it so
0: that I can buy... Most of the characters limo. do have, like, this level of naivety to them yeah. where, like, They seem like they're like being puppet-mastered a bit. Yeah. The reason that that I brought up Flower initially, though, is because
2: it—he's established at the very beginning to everyone but Chad Rotherman, Seeker of Darkness.
0: Yes. Um, (laughs) uh, Darth Chad. (laughs) Yeah. Darth (laughs) Fartley. Destined to bring balance to the forest. For the
1: record, yeah, my character name was Fartley. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. In a long tradition of always naming protagonists in single-player games, like, the most immature stupid names imaginable. Obviously. I can't wait to go back to Phantom Hourglass and pick up on the adventures of Bud (laughs) Hall.
2: Not respecting this enough to continue to ask questions about the adventures of Bud Hall. (laughs) I'll
3: instead... more
2: fartly. Point out the, the, the thing that I was trying to get at with Flowery from the beginning... Which is that he's not a secret antagonist. He's like a weird meta antagonist. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like he's all the other characters, as shown most clearly in like the final boss fight, sort of resist you by like circumstances or by like what your values like intersecting and conflicting with each other and what you, you both think are different and important. Uh, but he's the only one who's like actively trying to like fuck with your life.
1: Well, yeah. That's if you uh, like. If you're taking into account, like, the final, final, like... Like, bullet hell boss battle with him. Yeah. Then, like, the the conceit of the game is that in combat, the heart represents your soul. Mm-hmm. And, like, where other characters do things that could hurt your soul tangentially, mm-hmm. they're just doing things in general. Um, but... He actively there's no box. You don't exist in this like existential realm. He is actively attacking your your soul. Yeah, like he clearly has more power over it than other like garden variety. He does
0: claim to be gods. That's true. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) he's almost god. Yeah, he's yeah, very nearly. (laughs) Oh
1: god! Yeah, he says that at the beginning of the game too. I completely just like
2: apparently lost that. That's also it's a little. Um, Generally, no characters are important when they claim
1: that they used to be God until you showed up and stole your powers and, from them. Oh. Well, <laughs> if video games have taught me anything, is that God can be killed. <laughs> True.
2: Japanese video games. Yeah, right, yeah. Fire Emblem specifically.
0: Uh, I was thinking more of God of War. God of War also? Where you godly killed. kill God. Kill <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, and that's a Western video. <laughs> <laughs> You've got me there. <sighs> um,
2: right. What were we saying? Oh, uh, He was a horrifying, to be weird right. meta antagonist that I wanted to know if that's sort of a thing you that stands to be repeated or how you see it as valuable compared to the development of other antagonists because he was not developed developed
0: much. It's right. not our playthroughs. I think I don't think it's necessarily like a good or a bad thing. I think it really suits this game though it's right. really effective in how it's done here, and if another i mean like it, would, it depends on how it's done like another game could try to do this and fail miserably at it. it would be stupid right uh, and but the way this game does it, it it works pretty well i think
1: yeah as a as a Kojima fan <laughs> the
0: like fourth
1: wall breaking and like the meta humor of this game like I, like, I appreciated it, so, like, him as, like, the, I guess, surprise antagonist in that he showed up without any other development and just took the final boss, like, throne Yeah. Uh, seemed totally appropriate in terms of, like, this game is basically, like, a huge non-sequitur anyway. it's just, like, things are, like, loosely related, like, you, uh, like, how do I get from, uh, the snow world, Snowden... To uh, Hotland, the hot world. Oh well, obviously you get on the boat that's actually a cat, <laughs> run by the guy in the cloak that stands up and runs along the water. Like not like it just doesn't surprise me that something completely outlandish like that would happen. And so yeah, okay. it, it seems appropriate. I guess so. Plus, I mean the boss was fucking cool. <laughs> yes,
2: it <laughs> is really sweet.
3: Yeah,
1: oh. got it. Distinguishing him
2: further, all that surprise, horror of that moment. Ugh, those eyes, too. Yeah. I'm sad that you actually guys told me that this was something that, that had been repeated before because that caught me off guard pretty hard.
1: Well, I mean, it's definitely not something one that you would expect to see in a game with this aesthetic. Yeah. And two like an RPG. While the game has bullet hell elements to it, it is not a traditional
3: bullet hell also
0: game. Also kind of like seemed like a like a nod to Earthbound to me. Because the final boss is is, like horrifying, yeah, like totally off the aesthetic design of the rest of the game. You like walk up like a bridge of like intestines to fight a fetus. (laughs) You know, yeah, he's
2: definitely (laughs) the classic like video game abomination. Um, Yeah, but within just that boss fight specifically, too, I thought it was really
0: good and important that that wasn't a turn-based boss fight. Right, that Mm -hmm. lends itself. He's the, the way that it really like takes the mechanics And pushes them to like the Ludicrous the extent, zone The extent that it does make That makes it like an incredibly satisfying Final boss Cause there's no there's no talking like, to him Oh man it, That's an oh shit moment the first time you fight him <laughs> Like it makes you Want to like be like turn it off like, I'll try this again tomorrow it's like, <laughs> Is that like intimidating The first time yeah, like I
1: was describing when we were watching it just a little bit ago, it's, like, the whole, like, when you hit the boss and he and it deals one damage, oh, that's, yeah. like, a classic, like, video game, like, there's a different way mm-hmm. to, like, about this, and then the game doesn't give you any, like, menu but, options yeah. or any other way to do it, so you just kind of go and you know that eventually it's gonna, like, something is gonna happen that's gonna change the fight. Mm-hmm. But then, after all of the other souls have had their, like, time in the sun and it goes back, and, like, you fight, and it deals, like, 200 damage, but, like, his health bar is massive. Yeah. That's, like, that was, like, truly intimidating, and <laughs> I was, like, I don't know
0: if this is a thing I can do. Right. <laughs> yeah. it, it does seem like this will take forever to beat. It's really not that bad. Right. I don't but actually uh, know if you can fail. You can. Yeah, it probably. But just I mean, like you go in you, boots again. Yeah, yeah. And, but and there's those checkpoints that you go back to, right? If you make it out so far. So yeah, but, but the final boss much more manageable than effect. it initially seems. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, which is good. They, yeah, they, yeah, it's exactly
2: what you want. You because they were trying to go from a shift of this is impossible to this is barely barely possible, and I've got to be a hero. Right. Uh and Even though at the initial shift, we're sort of cynical enough about games to be like, oh, one health, well, a, a scripted thing will happen that will allow me to win, so that doesn't land as much as it could necessarily when you see the number. Right. Uh, the second part definitely lands when the scripted thing that allows
1: you to win happens, and you're still, you've still you still got to do something. Yeah. And it's like, this is like clearly the result of somebody making a video game who obviously loves video games, Oof. and, like, mm-hmm. knows them inside and out. Like, this guy, like, we purport to be at least, like, knowledgeable about what we're talking about, but, like, this yeah. guy probably... <laughs>
2: <laughs> He's the game master. <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: this is somebody who, like, just really likes the art form.
2: Yeah. I, I, within the context of Flowers' development further, uh, the fact that... The crash happens at the very, very end of the game on his appearance. I think a really important step to take... Uh, I, I'm asking you guys this for the first time.
1: Did the game crash every time you quit with you guys, too? Every time you quit the game? Yeah. When you quit, it takes about, I think, like a second, maybe a little bit longer. When you quit, it just it says quitting in the top left right. of the an ellipsis, and then the game just goes away. Like, there's no menu or anything, it oh. just like, goes out. This was, this I was trying the, to take a screenshot
0: and accidentally hit the back button on the controller, and it, like, oops. <laughs> it crashed. Oh, yeah, I never quit the game, because I beat it in one sitting. <laughs> True game lover, Andy Kennick.
2: <laughs> but, yeah, for me, and I guess this is just an unrelated problem, but I thought it was a cool, intentional thing, uh, I every time I would quit the game, it would crash. Every time. Uh, so I thought they were using that so to make it so that there was like a hint when the game crashed after his final like huh. f- fake final boss appearance that it was an intentional decision.
0: Maybe not it's like because you save scummed. They're <laughs> like
1: fuck you scum. <laughs> <laughs> well, the save scumming, like the fact that it calls out when you save scum. as we I just that is awesome. That, that is
2: literally what made me mention the game to you guys. Uh, it was that moment at the end of the Terry Fault that was like. This is, like, a, a game that not only obviously takes this, like, huge inspiration from the entire medium, but also has, like, a meta villain that is willing to comment on the things that you do within, like, the game itself as a game. Right. I knew that it was going somewhere, or I desperately hoped that it was going somewhere amazing. And I hope, I, I think I was right about that. I mean, I <laughs> thought I was right about that, but I can't speak for
1: either of you. Or for, like... People as like a whole group. Yeah. I mean, this is a game that's like designed for a specific group of people. Yeah, and I think it's that we all audience. basically fall into it. We do.
2: Do you think you could you could appreciate it if you didn't get a lot of like the ridiculous references that we also?
1: I I, I think that this game loses a lot if like if the meta humor is lost on you. Like I think I,
0: that I think it depends on the person. Yeah, like as adults. I think an adult <laughs> would not like this game if they didn't get that stuff, but I could see kids loving this game, right? Regardless, it's just not all of the jokes are like references to
3: right. There that are
1: that some thing. things that are just genuinely like well written, but like I, I don't know. It's even barring the references which require like a specific experience set. I I feel like a lot of the like the game related stuff. If this was like. For some reason, your first video game that you picked up, I feel like you would be at a complete loss. Like, I don't think
0: that you would find it as funny. I know you wouldn't be able to beat it. Uh, like, if this yeah. was your first I feel game, like, p- also like, just people who like um, arcade games because of the combat, it kind of feels arcadey to me. Yeah, like might like this. Like, I don't know. I can see like certain groups of people liking it regardless. I mean, at the
2: beginning, it's certainly easy enough to be generally accessible. But by the end, it doesn't. It doesn't seem
1: that way, right? Well, I mean, like, yeah. well, like for for example, like I I feel like uh, a joke that I I guess didn't really think was that funny, but uh, when you first get into Snowden, the first building is a uh, is a, a like a trader, like a, a yep. shop, and it has like the the typical buy sell talk exit options. But throughout the game, whenever you try to sell something, they say, like, oh, we don't want your junk. Like, we're trying to sell you stuff, not buy things back. And, uh, like, somebody just getting to that, who didn't have experience with other RPGs, would be like, what? Like, (laughs) why does this function even exist? Like Like, that's, the mindset you have to put yourself in when you look at this from somebody who doesn't know games, is that this game is subverting things that they don't even know what, like, the step step one is. Mm-hmm. So you get... Like, I feel like you would get lost so quickly. Yeah.
0: But, like, just because they don't... Like, they can't get everything about it on the same level that, like, we do, doesn't mean, like, they can't still enjoy the game. Right, I guess. I, like, I even if can... you don't get any of that, like, it's not gonna, like... M- if it, like, make you like the game less. You're not gonna be like, oh, I'm so confused. <laughs> <laughs> that... In fact, they
1: might even be more likely to, like, spare every yeah. thing because they're not used to just beating everything up.
2: Like you said before, this game is not like Spec Ops that's, like, trying very hard to make some kind of meta-commentary... On the way... Like how games specifically treat these things... You can apply it like that... But the game doesn't hit you over the head with it... In the same way that other things in the genre... And like other genres do... Right... What this game is just trying to do... Is just create a game world... Populated by actual humanized characters... Like completely... There's... There is... It it never takes the like... Random mook excuse... There are no red shirts in Undertale... Right... There are just people... And I think anyone coming into the game fresh, who can go through that arc uh, that I did and that you ignored, either of those two (laughs) things are valid in that sense to come to the decision of whether or not they want to like treat these creatures that are legitimately threatening to them as like human beings or not, or like things that that need to be respected in that way. You don't need you know a degree in gaming to be able to understand that. Uh, All you need. Uh, is an under like a, all you need is to be a person all you need is to be a person who interacts with other human beings and understands that sometimes there are trade offs between treating other people in a way that we see as fair and treating them in a way that furthers our own goals and that there may not necessarily be like a true good or evil side of that fight. Uh, we just might not know what's truly important to us
1: and, well, I feel like the like the, the point that I'm trying to make is not necessarily that the person wouldn't understand, like, how to exist within Undertale's world. It's that the the commentaries and the jokes and, like, a lot of the existence of characters would be lost on somebody who doesn't have an ex- have Wait, experience That's the thing, is
0: they wouldn't know that, though. Right, yeah. Well, I'm just saying, but I feel
1: like you just wouldn't enjoy this game as much if that element wasn't there. See, I
0: disagree. I feel like there are some people who wouldn't, but there's plenty of people who still would. Well,
1: like, I wouldn't. Like, I wouldn't enjoy this game on a purely mechanical standpoint.
0: Like I mean, like, if you don't have to, like, you could still enjoy the characters and the world independent of, like, all those jokes, I think. Like, I didn't have to know what, like... Sunderplane
2: was referencing to find a plane that attacks you as funny.
0: Yeah, like, you don't have to get the (laughs) jokes to, like, like, enjoy the world and think it's, like, goofy and colorful and funny. Uh, I don't know. I
1: don't know if I would have found it funny. Like, and it's so, like... But you don't have to find it funny to enjoy it. Okay, we're getting into, like, a very subjective conversation. Yeah, like The level of enjoyment of this game I feel would be significantly diminished if you didn't know games. Because it's such, like, it's so heavily layered on. Yeah. Like, from, uh, like, just from the, from the bottom up, like, your base mechanics are basically jokes on other games. Right. And it builds into a layer upon layer of jokes based on
2: games. I don't agree that the base mechanics are, are joking in the same way that a lot of the interactions are. Individual mechanics in some of the special fights can be jokes on mechanics, like the previously mentioned
0: papyrus dating scene. Right. But... Like yeah, like somebody menu. like who didn't know anything about games would like that sequence. <laughs> <laughs> this is, I feel like this the, is hypothetical that we do not have the tools still, like, to. Explore. But of, we may there's soon. There's still plenty yeah. of humor in the game to enjoy that has like nothing to do with the mechanics.
2: And the mechanics themselves, or I mean,
0: like to, it, video games in general, right? But
2: They still serve. They serve a purpose separate than making metagame commentaries, as we discussed in like before the break. The mechanics serve to create the same kind of, like, rise and fall of action that you experience in any kind of good conflict. And to always give you the option to, like, stand back and communicate with the individuals across from you. The mechanic set that they chose is there to try and always give you the chance to to give you that nonviolent approach that is not, like, the the constant bullet hell horror experience like the final boss is. Right. Right, because there's no... Can you imagine trying to, like, go through that sequence and instead of trying to press like save you just tried and never get hit right that would be a bit more grating um i just think the mechanics exist to further the way that the characters that you interact are humanized they don't exist as a way to like make fun of earthbound and how earthbound didn't personify all the things as well as this game does right
1: well i mean that's not even what i'm i i understand what you're saying i i just think that like Not necessarily that it's a joke or that it's a meta commentary on, like, uh, the level of, like, what, like, Hotline Miami, or as you said, Spec Off the Line, is trying to, like, make, like, a a profound statement about what games do, in as much as I treat it like a parody. Where I feel like its humor and its tone come from what it does differently than traditional games. And that, like, I feel like without that, the game becomes so much less deep yeah i feel like and like verges on being like un like impossible to
0: interpret uh, see i think that's how it is for you whereas like i feel like the average person like you could give the average person like a link to the past and this and they would be able to enjoy them both for the same reasons like Oh, it's colorful, there's, like, quirky, weird characters. That person is 11. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. It's, like, there's plenty of people who, like, approach games with that simple of a mindset and would still enjoy this game even if they didn't get any of that stuff. we're
2: going to be able to test this real soon because I get about once per year the ability to force Rachel to play a video game. So I am picking, (laughs) this year's pick will be Undertale. Okay. and, And we'll see how she thinks about it. So far, the only hit with her has been Civ Five, so we'll oh.
1: see. Man, yeah, What a boring person. Yeah, <laughs> <Dave>. so boring. <laughs> no offense to any Civ play, this is just not uh, our cup of tea. <laughs> Mine and Andy, specifically. I think it's okay. Yeah, I think it's fine. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I just think it's designed for an audience, I don't think it's as specific an audience as something like the Stanley Parable is. And I. I it's just like, it's not as widely like, reaching as something like a Call of Duty. Well, you yeah, we can agree with simple. that statement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess these are the two extremes, right, but, like, yeah. if you... it's I think it's closer to the Stanley Parable side than it is to the see, Call of Duty side.
0: I feel like I would disagree, because I, th- I think the game can be that. We'll see. But we'll I see. don't think it necessarily <laughs> is that.
1: Alright. So what's next on the agenda?
2: The jump back... To what you said forever ago, Chad, yeah. about uh, you feeling like, in the case of the bosses, that beating them is more of a puzzle than the same way that it's like just learning about individual facts of the character. Right. I, I think it, those situations, you're correct that they're different, and that it's not you, like, for example, learning that this ice guy really likes his hat, and then, like, complimenting his hat, so that it'll stop hitting you or something. Right. What it is, it's supposed to be a statement about you, and about, like the determination within the terms of the games and the wills of these like two different people with very strong goals coming to interact with each other it's showing that like you cannot be moved because as someone who actually went through the pacifist side the only one that i can remember that was really like a puzzle in any like meaningful sense of the word was Undine, and that was only because I never fleed or, like, considered fleeing an option because the dialogue convinced me otherwise. Right. The right. other ones were literally just being like, no, I'm not going to fight. And I just keep pressing the don't fight button and then surviving their <laughs> attacks over and over and over again. The longest of which I think might have actually been Teriel, if I remember correctly. I mean, there are other pacifist things you can do, but uh, they make it easier. They don't just make it possible. Like, uh, for example, the Metaton fight... You pacifist that by uh, getting his ratings He's, high enough. Right. Yeah. Uh, and But that was really obvious, because there was literally a score on the screen, and yeah. the things that you did affected that. The
1: Taro one actually, because um, Andy was there when I played through that part of the game, and, like... The Tariel fight was one that I went into not wanting to fight Tariel. Yeah. Which seems to make sense. Even if you do kill the monsters in the dungeon, this person has been nothing but nice to you.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like, why would you kill Unless them? you're me. Unless, Unless you're and Andy. You thought
3: she
0: was evil. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> my my, so,
2: my plan, probably just like yours, was to try and get her health low enough and then spare her after she couldn't stop me. Nope. I uh, oh, started yeah, the fight,
1: yeah, ran away, and then went to bed. Because, like, she's like, just go to bed. And I was like okay, that seems like a viable option now. So, like, she was, like, fighting me, like, hit me down to half health, and I was like, this is, like, hard, and I'm not getting any immediate feedback from, like, the check, or the action options, Mm -hmm. so I just chose run, went all the way back, down the hallway, up the stairs, into my room, and went to sleep. (laughs) And then a dialogue box came up on the screen and was like, please. Like, please keep going. Like, a dialogue box told me that I couldn't just not do anything. What? Yeah. Like, a box with an unknown origin came up on the screen and said, like, please, partly continue your journey or something. Wait, seriously? I'm 100% serious. That. It sure may have exists. been, like, implied to be Tario. I didn't, like, pay attention to the voice That or doesn't anything. make any sense either. That could have been just. Flowery. Could have been Flowey, me on. I don't know. Either way, I don't like that. And that's yeah. definitely a one-off exorcist,
2: Cause this. Otherwise, this game is very, very good at allowing all of your actions to sort of have, like, implications. And, like, like you, 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 it is, just like with the, the Pyro sequence, there's a lot of really deep rabbit holes here. And the game accepts a whole lot of different actions as valid, including not doing things. Um, Not as true as you may think. Why? Uh,
1: I was trying... See, one of the reasons that I ended up on a violent playthrough is that early in the game I was testing the game's, like, limits and mechanics. uh, As I like to do, I, like, completely naturally stumbled upon the alternate ending to Far Cry 4... Where if you just stay, when he tells you to wait, if you just wait there, Mm -hmm. he'll come back and take you to where you're trying to go, and then the credits roll. (laughs) That experience, when Tario was like, don't wander off, and like, call me if you need help, I just put the controller down and waited for like, what, like, five minutes?
0: I think I made you pick the controller back up and keep playing. Yeah,
1: because I was just like, I wonder if like they will reward me for just like, obeying what Tariel says to do. <laughs> okay, fair. That's a fair one. <laughs> but, uh...
2: But what I was going to point out was the house sequence in which the game gives you still gives you the nudge by always having the dialogue box option to ask when you can leave, but th- there's certainly no, like, dialogue box that popped up if you tried to go to sleep again. You can right. just stay there
0: forever if you want to. Until- <sighs> yeah, like... I remember you said you felt like it was going to be one of those boss fights, like a scripted one where you have to lose. Yeah, but it was just kind figured, of a
1: scripted one where you had to win. Yeah,
0: like it's weird <laughs> that we all three went into that fight with like completely different mindsets. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of game. Because like right? I thought she was gonna like be insane. Like, I thought she was, it was, like, as I was fighting her, there was going to be, like, a mental deterioration where she was like, don't leave. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> the turn it, lighting, yeah, like it. turn into, like, a horrible monster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know why I was, like, so, like, suspicious of that the whole time. <laughs> oh, it's, it's it flowy,
2: and that's fair within context. The, like, the other enemies that you encounter aren't nearly as impactful as, like, the initial stage was. Right. You're, you're still fearful, and that sequence is there to yeah. make you fearful. Mm-hmm. It's good that you felt that way makes you uncertain, it makes you not want to, you know, really do, just refuse to fight her, like I eventually had to do after I regretted my decision. But yeah, having to, like, hit the button, like, 30 times wasn't... What did you kill? What did
1: I... Oh, like a frogget? Like, you wouldn't have just, like, save scummed at that point to go back and just start over and be like... I mean, if you're gonna go through the full pacifist playthrough... I, but that wasn't... It kind of was... It was your motivation going through. It, it was, but... Like, I feel like it had to have become that. Like, you couldn't have just felt genuine, like...
2: I felt remorse after that sequence for killing the frog yet, but it was just far back enough that, just like a utilitarian stance, I was like, no... I did that, I didn't understand what I was doing, and it's valid that I can admit that.
1: Right. See, my whole thing was that I just went into the game saying that, like, things that I know about the game and things that I know... About the mechanics of the game, we're not going to color how I play it. I was just going to play it like somebody playing a video game, yeah. And
0: so I just went with like the most pragmatic thing possible. Honestly, yeah. so I feel like it's kind of the same. Right, yeah, I also like never once felt bad for killing anything <laughs> in the game.
1: Some of the enemies I outright enjoyed <laughs> killing. Yeah. So the whole Sunder plan. I the whole
2: premise is about the game assaults you with humor and like stupid little features of the world yeah. that make you draw these kind of connections. But it's such, like you never
1: cared ever. Well, no. I mean Yeah, I, ca- I cared about. That's why I had the the warpath state. That was just the emergent. That's like where you fucking like. That's where you have like the the clippers and you like accidentally like nick and like dig in like into your scalp and you're like, well, guess I'm gonna have to be bald or look like an idiot. So like, I just like took like the fact that I had made mistakes. I was like, I just have to run through the rest of this because there's no redeeming myself.
0: Yeah, like unless they were like characters that had models, like, in the world that you could walk up and talk to, I never talked to the characters in battle. Jesus. I don't know.
1: I did, and, like, there were some that I felt, like, affectionate toward, and others that I didn't. I
0: always went straight to the fight option. Straight to the murder. (laughs) Yeah. It's so difficult, and, like, I feel like this is a testament to, like, the point the
1: game is trying to get across, is that it's so difficult to make a player think about, like, mobs. The same way that that it, like, speaks about, like, named characters. I, uh, the point is yeah, not that
2: like, it's hard for us to do that. The point's supposed to be that
0: we're acclimated to never do that, and that's but horrible. But also the thing, like, I didn't want to not kill anything, because, like, I didn't want to get, like, later in the game and, like, not be able to beat a boss because I was level one. Right. Like, the
2: game, but I mean.
0: I know it's possible, but no, like. No, no, but the game is like open about the
2: fact that it's possible. It's a game about trying to force you to always have like faith in the ability to do that. That's like what most of like Terriel's dialogue about. Right, yeah. It just,
0: something about, like, my initial experience, like, the tutorial dungeon made me just, like, not care about, like, the interact with mechanic. And <laughs> See, I think I meant... it was the derpiness of the frogs. <laughs> and, like, I really just was like, fuck these things. How'd you feel about, uh... <laughs> Like, I didn't think they were funny, I didn't like, I didn't like them or think they were cute or have any reason to want to not kill them for experience. Right. I mean, uh, how'd you feel about the final frog it's in the last level? What the final
2: froggets? The different froggets that were like advanced froggets.
1: I don't remember. (laughs) Maybe if you kill all of the enemies, there are no there are no final froggets because they never got to that point. (laughs) Did you also not fight astigmatisms or uh, what was the the... greater mold
0: big or something mold mold big b y g g. None of those things sound familiar to me. <laughs> <laughs> if that's, like, a secret layer
1: that we didn't know about, that's amazing. Yes, that I is. might just keep forgetting
0: character names, but those things don't sound familiar to me. Uh, you would remember Final Froggits. Yeah. Uh, I... <laughs> They're Froggits on fire! <laughs> uh, well, yeah, no, I didn't see any of
1: that. Huh. I don't know. Like, I thought that the dialogue options were, like, funny, and I enjoyed, like, what like they gave me. But I never felt like every enemy deserves to be spared. There were j- definitely just some that that's
3: I not, did
2: anyway. That's not a question you ask, you monsters. Uh. <laughs> you don't You don't walk onto the street and go, oh, this person that's making my life harder deserves
1: to live. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, but the fact that they name it Mercy and Sparing is sort of... Like, like that implies that the alternative also, is murder, the, which is the, not the alternative somebody, in real life. Oh, yes, but, it is. But I mean, but, in real life, your alternative—it's you—you don't have the option of murder this
0: guy or spare this guy. It's there's an indifferent middle ground <laughs> that well, you can choose. There's no. a there's an important distinction we haven't made here. If that guy walked up to you and just attacked you, right, like, like <laughs> punched you in the face, <laughs> you if would probably guy... fight back, <laughs> right? But there's a
2: distinction between fighting back and murdering him, I that the game does validate. Well, the
0: gradient it does not. The enemies will murder you. That's true. So if the guy who came up to you on the street tries <laughs> then... to murder you, <laughs> will you murder him? If someone's you a <laughs> But that's not in self-defense
2: anymore, because you have the spare option once you get their health low. Well, you have it in real life. Which is the you only time that the spare
1: option makes sense from a linguistic what it? standpoint. What? Which is the only time that the spare option makes sense from a linguistic standpoint. <laughs> God. Yes. Because I don't treat it... Like, yes. if somebody offends me and I let it slide, I'm not like, I'm sparing you. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I don't care enough about what you said
0: to do anything about yeah. it. like... I don't, yeah, like, if there were ever any enemies that didn't attack me, I wouldn't have attacked them back. Right, because the the enemies game gives who, you that option. The enemies who do attack me, I'm going to attack them and kill them because they'll do the same to me. No, right.
2: that's that's your a horrid monster of a being. No, 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 no. I
1: know what you're going to say. You're going to say, oh, but most of them are doing it either, like, on accident or from, like, a misguided, like, standpoint. Right? Something similar, sure. Okay. There are definitely enemies that outright attack you for the sake of attacking you. Yeah. Sunderplan being a great example, who's so flustered by you that it feels the need to attack you. That is a physical assault on your being. I feel like you're justified in attacking back there. I'm not talking about attacking back. I'm talking about killing them. And that's different. they don't, the, game validates that. the game doesn't have the verbs necessary for you to, like... Teach it a lesson. No, you hit no, no. It that's and not then the spare. point either. Okay. You, the,
2: the point is that when you hit it, you'll get its health low enough, and then when it's no longer a threat to
1: you, you can just leave. But it's still a threat. I mean, it's.
2: You can just leave even out of the blue. You just always have the flea option.
1: Right, I've never tried doing that, like, maybe full maybe. health. I don't know if you can just, like, bail on a fight. You can. Like, but is there. Can you fail to
0: leave? No. Uh, I At least I. Just... I... <laughs> assumed that yeah, it would be like every other RPG and you could fail to leave. I could
2: just be wrong. I could have a sample bias Because here.
0: like Because uh, that's another thing is like I don't want to just like try to spare them and try to flee and have them not work and just have the enemy killed.
2: Then you're still just murdering them out of expediency. What? If if your problem is not there are situations in which I can never flee but there are situations in which
0: I could flee but it's hard
2: you're still killing them out of expediency.
0: Well, like, that just. I'm just kind of, like, describing my thought process as I was playing. Right. And I guess the tutorial, like, interacting with the frogs, <laughs> made me, like, not want to test my options, so I just fought everything. Unless there was reason not to. Right. In my opinion. Yeah. I mean. Uh, I don't know. I think that
1: the game, while it sets up that. Uh, your, like, ability to solve things non-violently. I feel as though the game presents you with violence and then you respond to it in the way that you've been, like, attuned to. And if the statement is that video games... Which I don't necessarily think this game is trying to make a statement about video games. Sure, we've established that. Right. But I think that if the, the statement is that we're attuned to violence, then there should be a, like, show remorse option as well. Agreed. Because I felt like I was in a place where, even when the game got to the point where it was clear that, like, it didn't want me killing things just wantonly, Mm -hmm. I didn't have the option to take it back. Without restarting the game,
2: so, and you
0: are told kill or be killed at the very beginning <laughs> yeah, by but, a horrible, soulless
2: yeah, monster. <laughs> but
0: like you don't know necessarily like how that's gonna play out. Yeah. Like even though I said I th- assumed he would be the final villain, like you don't know the game could have pulled like a switch on you. Same
2: ambiguity is there. It's yeah. intentionally set up to be placed there,
0: but it's attempting to, t- to test your ability to have faith in that.
1: Regardless. I think that the fact that if you kill anything, it doesn't give you the option of, like... Just like you didn't get the pacifist option despite going through everything non-violently. Makes it so the game doesn't really give you... It doesn't, it doesn't allow you to develop. It just like, it's a Boolean, did you kill anything? Yes, you're a murderer.
2: I disagree with that, too. Because development isn't just defined... Like, development is not, like, overriding things. I agree, as we stated earlier, that there should have been recognition of remorse, but, for example, I think it would have been valid if there was a dialogue option where you, like, told Undine that you, like, regretted your actions, but she still came for you. Right. That's That is the circumstance that I'm okay with. It's not—I don't need, like, someone to literally, like, absolve me of my crimes in order for my future actions to, like, lack moral weight anymore— like, killing is still wrong, even if you have killed, and even if you will forever have been the person who killed someone in cold blood. I
1: think that there's a distinction, because you killed one thing in cold, cold blood, and at the point where I had my realization, I'd probably killed close to, like, 30 things. Who cares? That's a pretty significant difference, number of murders. just Yes, but that doesn't
2: change what a murder <laughs> is. That doesn't make murder better.
1: People in real life have been absolved of murder. But this game is like, you killed a frog? Like, ugh. Agreed. Should have had the gradient, shouldn't have the ability of forgiveness, but
2: that doesn't make... I don't... I'm glad in some sense that the game, at the very least, on the opposite scale of the scale, what we've been discussing before, I'm glad that the game is never like, oh, you murdered that frog, it's okay. The, so many of the mechanics of this game are about permanence of action. The whole... One of, like, the biggest points of, like, Flowey as the crazy meta version who remembers all the things that you do, and, as we just learned now, specifically the ability uh, for the, like, genocide run to stay with you forever, is that the game is trying to force you to understand that your actions are permanent and that you don't have the same kind of comforts that you often do in the same, like, video game save load system. Right. It's very, very strongly trying to tell you that if
1: you did a bad thing, it will stay with you forever, at the very least, yeah, you know, just occurred to me, like what? literally just now. Those save load points don't do anything. What do you mean? <laughs> when you quit, or when, not when you quit, when you die, you go to checkpoints. Oh. So the save load is literally just there for when you exit the game and return. You'll boot to a uh, to a save point. I didn't realize that either. Yeah, in the game itself, all they do is you refill your health. The game. Yeah, yeah. I only quit like twice, so that's kind of wild. Um, but no, I mean, I don't know, I'm wow. basically at this point trying to defend that I am not a murderer, even though I clearly am a murderer. <laughs> I
0: am totally a murderer. Yeah. In this game. You're also, also a murderer in this Also, if you're game. trying to right, kind of, like, if you're trying to, like, kind well, of, like, kind of get inside the mind of the character, yeah. <laughs> like, if you were, like, dropped into a dungeon and were attacked by, like, mutant frogs... Yeah, you would probably kill one of them. Doesn't make it okay to defend. I'm not saying it's okay. I'm just <laughs> why does like, it not
3: making it okay? I'm like def-
0: to attack back. To defend, that's I'm not just, what I'm saying. I'm defending my actions. Okay, we're gonna, let let, let me get his and yeah, his like case. why I because re- like I feel like if I were dropped into this situation and like you I was stick. going, yeah, I had a stick... To defend myself with. Uh, no, I was going through this strange world with all these monsters that just kept attacking me, I would probably defend myself in the way that I did in this game. And that is why I did it in but, the game. Sure, you can't make the move.
2: Okay, you can make maybe the move to causal explanation. And I'm but not to saying that out. what I did was right,
0: <laughs> and I'm not saying what I did was wrong. Hate you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm just saying what I did was reasonable. Right,
1: yeah, I think reasonable is fair. I don't know. I think that uh, if you play through the game the way that I played through the game, or the, largely the way Andy played through the game, maybe play around with it a little bit more. Uh, he definitely played around with it more. Yeah. Uh, that the game expresses what it wants to it, it express at, like, its peak level. If, like, through the game you discover what the game is trying to say, you are impacted by it a lot more than if you just, like, roll in with that... Because that's just, like... At that point, they're preaching to the choir, right? Like, right. if you think that it's not okay to kill froggets and then don't, then you're just basically... Like, the game isn't giving you any new information.
2: Right. That's why I thought that that me killing the frog was an important thing that I should keep, because it was me learning the mechanics of the situation and... Making a mistake. But, but
1: drastically reducing the amount of stuff we can talk about on this podcast. <laughs> think about others, Jaden. <laughs>
3: uh,
1: well, I'm glad we had that conversation. Yeah. Uh, I've said, I think, on the cast before that I'm the kind of person who, like, can appreciate a game for just giving me, like, a new way to make someone's head explode like a
3: cantaloupe. You have. <laughs> Yeah. So like
1: it's like the furthest thing from my mind usually from like like trying to game the game's mechanics. Like I usually just want to have as much fun with yeah, the Yeah, I'm the same way.
0: Like I just kinda go into it without
1: Right. And I think this game <laughs> wanted you to, and I think yeah. that this game speaks volumes for maybe not the mental break that I had. <laughs> <laughs> was probably not the intended consequence. No, but uh, I think that like the like at least pretending to cause you to feel remorse is, uh, is a is a, something the game succeeded in doing. Yeah. I'm sorry, I had the oh shit moment where I was just like, I just gotta get, I just gotta get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) I was, my second half of the game was basically the run to Mexico after you, like, (laughs) commit a crime. You're like, I didn't know, I'm sorry. (laughs) I just gotta get out of here. I felt, like, all
0: of, like, the intended, I think, feelings in all the boss fights. No, like... Yeah, decide whether or not I should spare them. But, like, with regular enemies, I didn't even think twice about it.
1: See, with the boss just fights, it's just like... Them. I didn't
0: usually try to spare them because in all...
1: The, and I didn't know about this until you were explaining how you spare Undyne. Yeah. Is that uh, because in none of the boss fights, with the exception of Papyrus, who, notably, I did spare, uh, it your action commands don't have an immediate effect. The axe... Yeah, like... Oh, yeah. They'll... It might do something... (laughs) It usually does something bad, like, to you, but, uh... Like, they might do something minor, but, like, on most of the enemies and stuff, like, it's very apparent in, like, the feedback they give you that you're having an effect. I guess a boss, it makes sense you want it to be harder, but, like... Because it didn't give me a reaction. A lot of the times I just thought that the things I was choosing were not viable options. I get that. And so you check an empty trash can multiple times, yeah. <laughs> you don't suddenly expect it to have something in it.
2: Most of the times, Barry doesn't even actually require you to do the act, which is something that I eventually had to learn. Right. I, I, can, I can get why that confusion word exists. But I actually think that's important, because it makes sense that like these like very small, casual interactions, like you know, commenting an icicle guy on his hat, uh, will be able to change outcomes when you're just randomly meeting people in a field. But all the boss fights, you're against people who have established, like a it, to some people, like a good reason for like coming after you, right. and trying to take your head. So it makes sense that you're not going to be able to just like straight talk them out of it in a lot of games. <laughs> you just have to be defiant and have the will to show that you can neither be killed nor will kill them until
1: they change their tune or give up on the attempt. Right, and uh, mechanically speaking, the game does a fairly... Like, it makes it possible because, like, in a pacifist playthrough, you're going to be using healing items a lot more, and they still give you gold for, like, solving an encounter. God, that's an interesting idea. If this
2: game didn't even give you gold...
1: Oh, it would be borderline impossible. You just have to be the
2: best bullet hell player ever. Right, they'd have to design it differently, but I like that idea in the abstract of giving you literally no reward. Mm. Oh, maybe an idealistic goal.
1: I don't even really know what the... This game doesn't need justification for the things that it does because of the, like, the abstraction of the world that it's set in. Mm -hmm. So, like, like it doesn't need to... Like, sorry, I broke your leg. (laughs) Yeah. Or, like, take my money, just don't hit me anymore. like, because that's not always true, either. We're under the ground,
2: so we have lots
1: of gold. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. So, um, final thoughts? Any? All? Um... Speak now.
0: I don't know, I think we kind of, like... Oh, we got we are way more into lot, this than yeah. I thought we were going to, so...
2: You don't have... Do you have anything? Not really. No.
0: Well... I mean, maybe after you say something, I think it's something <laughs> heavily to say but, it. yeah. I, uh... Still processing this, because I beat it so recently.
2: Absolutely, uh, one of my favorite... One of my favorite, if not the favorite game I've played this year. Probably gonna make it on my top ten list. Now this key, you're, yeah. You guys' lists keep
1: changing wow. as like, this Dude, goes on. my
2: list was static for like five years. This I is know. just this year being amazing.
1: <laughs> so, if you're listening out there, if you want to experience great new things, start a podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Woo! Though, weirdly, that was your choice of a game to play, and you really liked it. So, you probably would have stumbled upon it anyway. And, same with Transistor, actually. You got Shadow out of it. Yeah. And yeah. Game Life is Strange. True. Life is Strange is like number i guess my, my final
0: thoughts then would be i didn't expect to like it much less than the two of you <laughs> uh i thought it was a good game i enjoyed it i obviously played it all in one sitting Right. Yeah. uh but there uh, i felt like yeah um the pacing of like the gameplay was like a little shaky at parts with all like the NPC interruptions that kind of bothered me yeah. all the similarities to Earthbound kind of like knocked it down a peg for me as well and oh, really oh, what was her name like Alphys or whatever yeah, I was... texting you every five seconds on your phone was really annoying <laughs> but um so there, there was no I don't want to like criticize it too much because it's obviously like a passion project for like two people yeah it's damn impressive and it is really good so but uh those are my final thoughts yeah. I yeah. guess this
1: is apparently a new segment we're gonna do it's just final thoughts
0: yeah uh, I don't know the other thing that I wanted to
1: say that I just didn't have like an organic time to bring up is that like we didn't talk about it a whole lot and Andy actively like thought that it made the game slightly worse but I thought
0: that the aesthetic design of this game was like like I think it looked really good I mean it looked good I just don't like that it's pretty much just lifted from, from Earthbound yeah from just
1: SNES games mm-hmm. in general I don't know, something about it, like, a lot of RPGs, the aesthetic style turns me off, um, because that's a lot of what, like, drives you forward in the game, is sort of, like, what you're seeing on screen, and this game being very simple, but, like, keeping things different and interesting enough, like, kind of, maps were small, characters were well detailed, it was, I don't know, I just thought it was incredibly effective and kept me, like, actually playing the game.
0: Alright, what are we playing next week? Uh, two weeks from
1: now. I mean, he, I always do that. I do. Such a lie. What are we playing next time? Next time, uh, we're going to be talking about... Oh, it's going to be our first ever Bro Clip Friendcast. <laughs> bro Clip. <laughs> bro Clip Friendcast Episode 1. Uh, we're Revenge, be talking, of Revenge of the City. Revenge of the Yeah. <laughs> we're going <be> to ta- <laughs> be talking about uh, Trine, a uh, puzzle platformer that we all sat down and played simultaneously.
0: One JJR team yeah. says, it's the potato, it's the video game. Yeah. That's why it's Revenge of the Sith, because you two, based on this episode, are clearly Sith, so you uh, take
2: yeah. revenge upon me <laughs> by just destroying me and all my opinions
1: of trying. Yeah. Well, we, we just wanted to take that line from you so you couldn't use it on that. Yeah. i kind of have <laughs> taking it from you. No. <laughs>
3: oh,
0: you're Sith? Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, best Darth Man. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Uh, thanks everybody for listening uh, if you want to get a hold of us we have our email account at uh, noclippodcast at gmail.com uh, you can tweet us on twitter at noclippodcast and we have our website noclippodcast.com where you can find all of our episodes our backlog, a small about page and you can leave comments and stuff and uh, there's a link on there to our youtube page which is where most people actually listen to this so <laughs>
0: yay yay like, comment, and subscribe. All, right. <laughs> All two people who might watch this. But but really, guys, I hate you both, and you're both human trash. Okay. <laughs> For, there, that was the tagline to some 90s movie. Probably. I can't remember what it Podcast is.
1: Podcast Part 2, The Reckoning.
0: <laughs> Podcast Part 2, Electric Boogaloo. <sighs> House 2, the second story.
1: The attacker, we're just going to keep using, uh... References? Yeah. <sighs> Podcast 2, Judgment Day. I tried try it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so. Also, I'm glad that it finally came out that I hate all of you